This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh, we have so many things to talk about today. So much has been going on. Tell me things. Tell me everything. Well, I sent you a text. Uh, it was a picture off of, um, I can't even remember now. It might have been Twitter. might have been Instagram. But it was about uh, the reality uh, the, the fantasy and the reality of ordering stuff off of Instagram. Now, we have talked about this before. Uh, you are such a sucker for Instagram ads. So this guy posted a picture of one of those uh, delightful little um, bookends. This was, I believe, a little Harry Potter-style bookend. And the picture on a line, it is the most detailed and uh, delightful and enchanting little Harry uh, going into, like, a magic shop or something, and there's a little... Um, you know, potions in the window and wands and everything. And then he posted a picture of the bookend that he got, and it is oh, the yeah. jankiest. <laughs> it looks like the person that put it together was being chased while they did it uh, because the paint is just slopped all over the place. And and again, it's one of those things that they send the thing out. There's nowhere to return it because the place you order it from doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right. There's a whole underworld of just sell cheap, quick crap. There's and get so many to... scams these days. It's not cool, man. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, I mean, look, I'm sure there's always been the same level of scamming going on out there, but wow, I... this is so brazen. It really is. That's, yeah. That was super brazen. That was like just totally awful, the picture you sent me. But I, <laughs> well, you know, I scroll a lot on Instagram. Yes, you do. And I just ordered something else. Oh, no. What did you order? Um, well, it was pink, number one, so I liked it. And and number two, it is uh, like a, it's like a, a stand for your iPhone. So you can like have like a, Jesus, what is that word? A tripod. It's like a tripod for uh -huh. your iPhone. Uh, don't you already have a tripod? I do. None of them work because they're all from Instagram. <laughs> So you ordered another one from Instagram. Well, here's the problem. They The ad looks so good. They're like, this is how you do it. Exactly. And they make it look so easy to do. And yeah. they also made it look like it was tall. Meanwhile, the thing arrives, and it's like three feet high. Right. So you so you have to put it on a table or something. It's the equivalent of the um, – I'm sure you've, you've seen the thing about um, – they're called – uh, I, they're called food makeup people. So whenever you see an <gasps> ad, a TV ad for food, oh, yeah. that is a, you know, yeah, the like, grapes have been brushed with olive oil. The milk in the cereal is actually Elmer's glue to make it more bright. Yes, white. exactly. It's all fake. It's food, food makeup artists. Yeah, and you know what I don't like? I don't like going into an actual, like, bakery or someplace where they display the food and it's that fake food. They do that. There are some places that do that. That's I kinda, gross. I kind of dig that because they don't want to waste 
part of their inventory, putting it out in the window every single day. Yeah, but you know those things get like dusty and it's disgusting. Well, yeah, but you're not going to eat it. It's it's a facsimile of what you're going to get. I know, but that's not cool. I actually like sometimes if you go into um, uh, especially in uh, like the, the the Japantown Mall in San Francisco, there are a lot of sushi and udon restaurants uh, where they will put they make little statues of the sushi and udon, and they're actually very well detailed and look. Quite appetizing. Those I like. Okay, yes. But what I'm saying That's is... That's fine for Japanese food because yeah. you have to eat that fish fresh. But if it's something like, you know, like a dessert, mm -hmm. they could serve it. They don't have to make a fake thing. Like, but they want obviously the they can't just... Right. I don't, anyway, I don't like it. But, but so I, I'm just... Is there a... Is there some kind of limited um, episode crime series or crime novel about <laughs> this world because it is an underworld. It is, it is <gasps> run right. by <gasps> a level be... of criminals and they have to, but they still have to have a level of of, of craftsmanship and our, our yeah, they artisticness have to, have... to get people to exactly. buy it. Exactly. They have to have someone make it. They have to have shipping and all that stuff. And you're going through all that to send something that's not that good. But what I'm saying is, no, they, they and can they get... And they know that it's not that good. Oh, absolutely. And they are selling fake stuff too, like those shoes. Yep. And they got to be mobile. Once you met, once you ship out a, uh, a certain number of that stuff, you got to shut that place down yeah, and, be, and pop up in a new place. Did you see the article that I texted you? No. It what? was about. Um, it was like an LA Times article or something like that, where they actually uh, seized a shipment of fake. <laughs> was it like fake bags, fake purses, or something like that? It was insane. Really? Yeah. Was it in a like a container ship? Yeah, like a shipping container kind of. And thing. they seized. It that. was like thirty thousand items that they seized of like fake counterfeit um, stuff. Do you think the guys that do the counterfeit policing get made fun of by the DEA guys that are nabbing shipments of phenytal and heroin? And they're like, "So what did you uh, what did you protect Americans from today? Um, Some fake Gucci bags? Wow, <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Thanks yeah. for thanks for holding that line, dudes. Like, I yeah. wonder if there's weird rivalries between those." Groups of people. Honestly, that would be such a fascinating documentary. I'd love to see the behind the scenes. First of all, it's a whole undering of like a sweatshop kind of a thing. And yeah. they, you know that it's all very cheap material and it's made for super cheap. And it's illegal stuff. Like I bet there's kids like making these things yeah. and the working conditions are terrible. And, right. you know, this needs to be an underground investigation. But there has to be within that world, just like in any world, any, think of it, entertainment, cooking, whatever. There are the small time operators that are inept and bad at it. And then there has to be the equivalent of the El Chapo of the making the counterfeit bags well, and there, cheap toys. Oh, 100%. Like, like a kingpin type that's actually really good at doing it. Honey, there are. There are major... There, there are... I know some very wealthy people mm -hmm. who have like a real Chanel bag, mm -hmm. but they also know people somehow who make fake... <laughs> but like a real Chanel bag is like $6,000. Right. And a fake one, I don't know. What is it? Like 100 300 I have I no idea. I, I don't know. Anyway, rich people do it too. They knowingly buy knockoff stuff? So I think can, so. Really? I don't know. And that's part of what supports this world. I wonder if there are rich people quietly making money off of the cheap stuff, but no. they keep their name off the books. Could you imagine getting like... That would be crazy if you got caught for counterfeiting that, things. But, you know, that that is high money being lost from oh, those companies. Massive. Although the bottom line is this. If you're going to buy a fake one, mm -hmm. um, you're not you're not going to buy a real one. And so I guess, well, then does it diminish the brand if, like, millions of people are carrying the thing? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know how it works. But, but what I'm saying is there has to be the El Chapo of fake handbags. 
So there's people making stuff and it's the fake version of things. What if someone's like, I'm going to make a fake Mean Streets? And they <laughs> like they make a movie that's oh, like the at-home that you're, you're version. You're talking about the, the – there's a movie company called The Asylum and they would – look at the production slate for the coming years, and then they would do the cheap knockoff version. Yeah, like the video version. That, would, that they hoped that people would grab without thinking of it. So there was a <gasps> yes. movie that came out, and, and um, they did one on uh, MST3000 called, remember the movie Pacific Rim, Guillermo del Toro's movie about yes, yes, the giant yes. robots? Well, they put out Atlantic Rim. <gasps> yes, see? And, um, and also whenever, like, if, if a huge movie like the Robert Downey, Junior Sherlock Holmes comes out. Well, Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain. So anyway. you can make a Sherlock Holmes movie, and they, the Asylum crank one out with the same font, the same looking kind of poster, wow. hoping that someone running into the blockbuster would just go, yeah, you know, I'll just grab that one. Totally. Are and you so there's a whole. There was a Brazilian knockoff of Ratatouille called Ratatouille. What? That it was it, and it looked like it was made on someone's towing? Ratatouille. What and does that it, even mean? I have no idea. And it looked like it was made on someone's iPhone, but it was there were DVD copies out, and they, you know, again with the hope of maybe someone will. There's a whole right underworld of just cheap. Quick knockoffs. I thought one of the most clever things that happened during coronavirus was when Jason Reitman asked everybody to do a home a home version, mm-hmm. home movie version of The Princess Bride. Right. And that is different. This is like clearly- That was a, a loving tribute. That was a tribute. Yeah. And also, he literally got the most famous people to be in it. Right. John Malkovich and- It was ridiculous. The, the list of people that were in that um Charlize Theron. Everybody Patton was Patton Oswalt yeah. and- uh, But- what I'm saying is that is a knowing tribute. What when when you look at a movie by the Asylum? No, no, of but, course but that's different. You, but in an Asylum film, you can see some huge actors that are just going. I need a quick paycheck. Things are rough right now. Yeah. So they'll pop into this movie and do a couple days, and they just want that name in there. I mean, the Sci-Fi Channel was famous for cranking out. They did a version of Moby Dick. They um with with um uh and all the Sharknado type things all the Sharknado stuff um oh um uh Mega hang on Mega Shark versus like Monster Puss it was like a Monster giant Puss. shark versus a giant and then it was like starring Debbie Gibson she was in it right that's I, I, fantastic <laughs> why not yeah well basically I sort of did a movie that's kind of like a movie based on not based on but it was like another version of Anaconda. Yeah. And but it was called Bugbuster. Yeah. Wait, no. What was the spider one with John Goodman? Arachnophobia. Ara- that's what I meant. Not yeah. not Anaconda. Arachnophobia. Yeah. I did like we did like the poor man's version yeah. of Arachnophobia Bugbuster with Randy Quaid instead of John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I was in it and um Catherine Heigl was in it, and yeah. But every now and then, you can see a a cheap, quote-unquote, knockoff version of a movie that has someone decide to show up and goes, I'm still going to do an amazing performance. Uh, the the most famous one, you mentioned Anaconda, who the, the cast of which is incredible. Jen, Jennifer Lopez is in it, and Owen Wilson, and... Really? Yeah, and John Voight does one of the most insane method performances, one of the most entertaining performances I've ever seen in a movie where he's he's like, it's a giant CGI anaconda. I'm going to have a ton of fun and do the weirdest that you cannot figure out where his accent is from. He so overacts, but he's having such a blast doing it that it's genuinely fun to watch. And I love when you watch movies like that and people will, you know, show up and go, oh, I'm just going to have a blast here and do something crazy. Um, the, the, the other classic example, we talked about this is 
um, Larry Cohen's Cue the Winged Serpent with David Carradine, starring David Carradine, and Michael Moriarty doing one of the best method performances I've ever seen an actor do in a movie about a giant lizard eating people in New York. And the, the performance is Oscar-worthy, truly Oscar-worthy. Insane. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, you know, I, I always like looking for the little um, cheap knockoff movies where nevertheless someone does something really interesting or crazy in it. I mean, the guy, who's the guy from uh, Beverly Hills 90210 that's in all the Sharknado movies? Ian, Ian, Ian Ziering? Ian Ziering is really fun in those movies. He realized, okay, well, these are sharks in a tornado. I'm going to have a blast here. But he's not doing it to make fun of the movie. He's enjoying go, himself. He's, he's like, I know what movie I'm- Genuinely enjoying himself. Yes, because he knows, like, this is, this is not serious work and- I mean, yes, it's serious work, actually. Nobody, when you make a movie, it's you're, work. You're working. You're working. Yeah. But he realizes, he sees the tongue-in-cheek nature of it. May as well not, have a blast. He's not trying to be like cool Joe looking, yeah. you know. But it, sometimes it can make it more memorable when you're like, I just, I, I needed something to kill two hours. And in the middle of this horrible movie was somebody just absolutely delivering. I love that. I love it, too. Why not? Let's talk more about other stuff when we come back from the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, we're back. I was at a girly night the other night mm-hmm. and I ate something that was so delicious. I wasn't expecting what it was. <laughs> I was at my friend's house and she made what I thought was a baked potato. Right. But it had like a purple outer skin to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a baked potato, so I put butter on it. And yeah. I basically, it was a Japanese yam, which you I don't think I. yams. Yeah. Oh. But I. But I would normally like put maybe a brown sugar on something like that. But I thought it was so I put butter. Anyway, most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And then the next day, you and I <laughs> went with Alice mm-hmm. to the farmer's market. Well, before we get to the farmer's market, it was actually kind of interesting. We had to go get COVID tested yes. for an event. And we were ruminating on the fact that in for the COVID testing world, this is the equivalent of the gold strike in 1849. It is Boomtown time. They are so crowded. Um, these little places are popping up. The place we went into was nice. Like, really, like, It clean. felt like it's going to be permanent, which is a little depressing. Like, is this I our know. world from I now know. on? But it was really nice. You just go there. You sign up. You get in line. You get tested. Yeah. But it was right next to this farmer's market. So when we're done and our tickly nostrils are like, hey, let's go walk around the let's farmer's just walk market. Around. Yeah. Now, listen, I've been to the farmer's market a bazillion times. Yes. And, yes, I buy things, but I usually buy the things that I – typically get right. like a typical thing to buy mm-hmm. but the first stand that we walked by had those purple japanese yams right and i was there. like oh my god so i took a picture of it and i texted it to my friend who made the things mm-hmm. you know she makes she does it all the time so for her it's like okay nice it's a sure. potato yeah. <laughs> but for me i was like oh my god i can make it myself so i got that mm-hmm. and then literally the next stand over was these things called pineapple guava 
Yep. They're also called Fajoya. They're grown in Mexico and in California. And the reason I know about them is because I grew up in Malibu mm -hmm. and we had a, a, a bush or a tree in our backyard. And I used to go out there all the time when I was little and eat those. And so for me, it's like the taste of nostalgia. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing ever. So I bought a bunch of those. Uh -huh. And then we walked by a persimmon stand. And there's two separate kinds of persimmons. I'm obsessed with persimmons. There's two yeah. kinds. There's the fuyu ones, which look like short, squat tomatoes. They're yeah. orange. You can eat those hard. Mm -hmm. You can slice them and put them in a salad. And then there's the other kind, which looks like a tapered, uh, it, it's like a tomato, but it's like, tapered down a little bit. Right. And you you have to wait till those are so ripe that they're almost squishy. Almost liquid. Liquid. Yeah. Because if you bite into them prior to that, it's like biting into the choke of an artichoke. It's yeah. like... Burns your mouth. It's got the weirdest thing, but if you wait till it's super, super gooey, it's divine. Yeah. And I bought that. And then the best thing. Well, there were a lot of best things. Okay, let's talk about the greatest thing. Which was, we saw these two guys playing oh, yeah. music. Yeah. They were in the shade under a tree. One guy had a fiddle. One guy had a stand-up bass. Yeah. And they were playing fun songs. Sea shanty type stuff. It was really gorgeous. And there were all these little kids dancing around just like three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds running around just dancing and playing. And it just felt so well, it felt so pre-COVID. It also yeah. felt so pre-Trump. It, <laughs> it just, it was just joy. It yeah. just looked like the world is right. And we stood there for a really long time. We had really Alice long. give him lots of money, which mm -hmm. was great. And then all the little kids are going up and giving money. And it was reminding you of when Alice was little and used to do that too. We would take her to, we would go to the Silver Lake Farmer's Market. And they had a guy called the Music Man who was a, this old African-American dude that would sit there and play song really good, and he would lay all these musical instruments on in a blanket, and the little kids would pick them up and just randomly play them, and he was so sweet, and Alice just, don't mind if I do, and would grab a tambourine or a little drum or something and just start playing along and dance. But just that absolute um, uh, no self-consciousness dancing badly but with so much joy that it becomes beautiful. And they were running oh. around just like free kids. Yes. I don't see that very often. Not anymore. I really feel like that's like a special, special, special thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you get, it's it, because so many kids are over-scheduled uh, that I, I, I am very defensive about Alice's time to just daydream and stare and right. be bored and imagine rather than trying to fill every second with activity, right. which then by the time they get to college, they don't know how to think for themselves and they're not self-starters anymore. And I saw so many people that I knew when I got to college, they just fell apart because they're like, where is my worksheet? What am I supposed to study for? Like they want to be scheduled. And it's like, no, you need to start making up, making up your own mind about what you're going to do. Well, when I was a child, we had tons of freedom. We'd go to the beach all the time and run around, and yeah. it was happy, and there were other people running around on the beach too. It's just, I guess, because of COVID for the last two years, people exactly. aren't really yeah, yeah, yeah. gathering and running around so much, so it really felt special. Not a lot of spontaneity. Yeah, it really did feel special. But the other wonderful special thing was we were walking through the crowd, oh boy. and there was a woman holding the tiniest brand-new baby of a little cream-colored Frenchie puppy, and it was the sweetest little thing. And we, and we were all like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I have a few things to say about this. One, 
God, I love little Frenchie puppies. Oh, my Lord. They're the cutest things in the world. The little faces. They look like real little babies. They're really <laughs> expressive. Big eyes. Oh, I mean, they're just, and she was like, do you want to pet it? <laughs> and I was like, can I? And so I pet his little head, and it was so soft, and then you were like so enamored with it, and like, and it was so. I love so, French bulldogs. I know you love French bulldogs. You want a French bulldog yes, so badly. You used to have one. Yep. Anyway, we are crowded around this woman, and I'm thinking to myself, if you're a person with a puppy, mm-hmm. people are going to swarm you. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, especially one that cute. This was a this was a criminally cute puppy. Yes, we'll post oh, a picture God. of it on the Instagram. Yeah. But, um, yes, but think about it. If you have a puppy in your arms, mm-hmm. people are going to come up to you, like yeah. close to you. And this lady was so nice. She was she so just chill about let it. Let us come up close during COVID and like let us touch her dog. Yeah. And I, uh, you just have to know that you're going to get bombarded if you have a puppy. Yeah, because you want to get close and feel that little puppy fur and smell that little puppy breath. Is there anything better than puppy breath? And any oh. person who walks down the street with a puppy on a leash, mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh my god, can yeah. I? And then they can't walk probably two feet without people stopping them. Uh, when I took uh, Grumpus. Uh, my old French bulldog Grumpus, when he was a puppy, I would take him for a walk around Los Feliz and Silver Lake, and we would just get stopped. People would, and people would openly just pick him up. They didn't even ask. He was so pick upable and cute. And I would take him to, uh, at the time I was taping a sitcom, and I would bring him to tape nights. And there was a produ- there was a network person that was like, "Is Grumpus here? Can I?" Do-? And they, she would hold Grumpus in her lap the whole time. She loved him so much. I mean, people she just, just wanted to hold little Grumpus. Who doesn't absolutely love a puppy? Oh, they're the best. Yeah, it, it it was an it was a genuine endorphin rush that day. It really and was. And we had a really crazy busy day. I had flown in that morning at dawn. I was tired. We had stuff to do that night. We had stuff to do the next day. And that I feel like the the endorphin injection from the puppy got us through the next couple of days. And the dancing kids. And the dancing kids. It was two great little. It was two rushes. very happy moments, and honestly, they stand out, and they shouldn't be so standouting. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't stand out so much. It should be like that all the time. Puppies and kids You're happy. Right. But it's been so bleak, and to see such joy and happiness and innocence, and and it just felt so good, and I just haven't felt that in such a long time. Yeah, it felt weirdly hopeful, and it really helped the rest of the day. It really did. It really did. Um, oh, wow. So, anyway. God, now I'm kind of, like. I told you about those delicious persimmons. Well, I have a story to tell you. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> is this a persimmon tale? It is a persimmon tale. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. Here it's, we go. No. So, you were out of town, mm-hmm. and Alice and I, you know, we usually just stay home at night, mm-hmm. and... I had gone to a restaurant many months ago with my friend Jen Harris, who works as a, she's not a, she's a food critic for the LA Times. She has an amazing job at the LA Times, and we went to this restaurant. Has an amazing Instagram feed, by the way. Oh, just delicious. It will make you very hungry. It will make you hungry. Well, anyway, she's a friend of mine, and we went out for dinner at a restaurant that hadn't yet opened, Mm -hmm. and we had this amazing... Amazing dinner, but one of the items of the dinner was this insane, thick, delicious sourdough bread that had been like, like fried on each side oh, in butter, it. and it was just like crispy on the outside, but so- it was sourdough, thick, 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 amazing. And I've been telling Alice about this bread because she loves bread. Who doesn't love bread? And I just keep saying to her, "When we can, let's just go get the bread. Sure, let's just go get the bread." So you were out of town. And she had done all her homework, and she didn't have anything really important to do the next day. And she's like, can we go to that restaurant with the bread? And I was like, 
yes, let's go. And we've wanted to go before, but it opens at six and you need a reservation right, and it's right. a whole situation because it's a fancy place. Um, so as like a fun mother-daughter thing, I went online and this was like weird <laughs> app and tried to make a reservation and it was this weird new app. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I got a reservation. So we drive and we, we put on like cute clothes and we're like, we're having a date night. This is going to be so fun. We're sure. like out on the town. It's We're going to be out here. So we pull up to the restaurant. We park. We get amazing parking outside. Lucky us. We walk into the restaurant. We're holding hands. And it's like this cool restaurant with like fancy lights and music and like people at the bar drinking. And it just looks like a fun, great restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I go up to the hostess desk and I'm like, hi, I'm here for table of two, Salinger. And she's like, oh, I don't see a reservation, da 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 and I said, no, I made the reservation on this weird app. And then I tried to show her. I, I did have it up on my phone. Right. Like she saw it. And then she goes, yeah, we don't allow anyone in under 21. What? Like they wouldn't let Alice come in. What is it, a nightclub? No, it's a restaurant, but it's also like a bar. Okay. But I guess it's not a nightclub. There's no dancing. It's literally just a restaurant with a bar that a lot of people were standing by the bar. It looked like a lot of first date people. Okay. And I was like, oh, we were so excited. Like, she's 12. Like, she's not 20 pretending to be 21. She's a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Can we please just sit? And so she, it was this whole rigmarole. They had to ask the manager. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's fine. She's a little kid. Don't worry about it. So we sat down and we felt super fancy. And we were ordering all these delicious things. And the first thing that came was a little salad with Persimmons, the hard persimmons. Oh. And so she had those, and we're trying to expand her palate, right? Oh, yeah. Because she was just macaroni and cheese girl for so long. That's all she was. So we've tried to, like, introduce her to new fun things. Mm -hmm. She loved that. And then at the end of the thing, there was a dessert yeah. that had the other persimmon. <laughs> so both persimmons. And so I was so excited about it. So when we were on the farmer's market walk I showed her the persimmons and she was all oh, into it nice. um, but it was so fun being just mother and daughter out at a fancy restaurant mm -hmm. do you ever do that do you ever go with her to like a fun crazy dress up night I mean I have taken her to some kind of um, uh, more high end type places I would love to take her to a molecular gastronomy place like a like Providence or maybe WD50 in Washington DC just to because it's at arts and crafts mm -hmm. Um, aspect to eating where they add all kinds of weird chemistry and science. And, I want to do that. You know, that would be amazing. Um, but the other fun thing that happened during dinner was she was sitting across from me and she's all like fancy and sitting there. And, <laughs> and you know when you are kind of fancy and you're kind of like pretending to be fancy, like, ooh, look at me. Uh, right, I've, got, right. I've got a cup of tea mm -hmm. or something like that and you're just being silly. So she starts imitating me. She grabs my <laughs> glasses from across the table and she yeah. puts them on. She's like, mm, let me see here. Oh, waiter, waiter. And she's mm -hmm. doing a whole imitation of me. She's got me down. She has got me wow. down. She's like, but instead, can I have the dressing on the side? Like the whole annoying Meredith thing that I do. Um, but it was super cute watching her do it. And I have videos did of it. Did she capture and I, you? I, well, I texted you the videos. Did no, you I, watch them? I did. But do you feel like she captured you? I do feel like she captured me. Oh, and nice. I sent it to my mom, too. And she said, woo, she really got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Do you remember... Uh, in our one of our last podcasts when I was talking to you about the emergency chicken soup. Yeah. And how, like, it's super important if you're, like, sick and you wake up and there's chicken soup homemade in the freezer ready what for you. What do you have to have laid in in case of an emergency? Exactly. So, you know what else you need 
in case of an emergency. What? Like, let's say you get invited to a birthday party last minute. You need to have some happy birthday cards just oh, random yeah. in your house ready to go. Hell yeah, which I have. I know you do. Yeah. And you need to have some emergency gifts. Oh, yeah. Well, I have an emergency gift shelf. Mm-hmm. And so one of my friends does this party every year. Mm-hmm. My friend Retta. She does this Secret Santa party. And it's super fun because she tells everyone they have to come with two gifts. And we play these white elephant games mm-hmm. where you put a pile of gifts in the middle and you all the girls sit around in a circle and you pick a gift and you open it and then somebody can steal it from you. And oh, then they yeah. and then you get to pick another gift and then someone so a gift can only be stolen twice. There's rules to this. Oh, okay. And it's so fun. Yeah. Um, but there are two different things. The first gift is like a shitty gift that you got <laughs> that you're like, ugh, how do I get rid of this? It's the yeah. white elephant gift. Right, it's right, the right, gift right. that you don't really want, but you've kept in your closet sure. for some reason. Yeah. And then there's the nice gift, like, oh, here's you buy a gift or you have a gift that's nice and yeah. you wrap that too. So we do two separate ones. One that, a gift that you really want to get and then one that's kind of funny. <laughs> so like one time someone put a dildo in the thing and oh that was kind of funny. And then one person put like a a box of juicy fruit gum. Like someone got <laughs> juicy fruit gum, but like a whole shipment box of it. It was wow. really funny. Um so there's some funny things. But yes, I have an emergency gift thing, but it's overrun now because you and I often go to a lot of events or we work on lots of different projects where they will send you a gift to thank you yep. for being part of the project. And it's like, you know, you did a celebrity wheel of fortune okay. and they gave us really good gear, really yeah, good yeah, gear, like nice. an amazing hoodie yeah. and an amazing backpack and all this fun stuff. Water bottle, coffee bottle, keychain. Super fun stuff, and the backpack is fabulous, but it has a big Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> like, <laughs> symbol on it, which is also kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, I have so many of these things that I have overrun my closet. Wow. Oh, boy. And I feel like I – so for the Secret Santa, I am just loading up. Well, also, it's a it's – a, a... Giving that big Wheel of Fortune backpack yeah. with tons of goodies, like tons of things that we've gotten from premieres. Yeah. And things like that. Well, also because of COVID, we haven't gone to that many uh, events. So we have the gifts are piling up because we haven't been able to get rid of them. Right. We haven't had events to give them to people. Correct. Except I also don't like getting a gift that you can't return. So if it was actually someone's super duper important or, you know, if it's anyone's birthday. Sure. You have to buy them a gift that you can return. You can't give them something from your closet. Right. (laughs) Unless you know they're going to love it. So I have a very funny story to tell you. Okay. Go. A long time ago, All right. a friend of mine had a birthday party. Okay. And she gave everyone a little gift bag when you left from her oh. birthday party. It was a 40th birthday party. Okay. And she gave all these super cool, um, oh, fancy... I I know where this is going, but go Fancy ahead. shirts. Sure. And other things. Yeah. But this was a color that I didn't particularly like. Mm-hmm. And also, it was a size too small for me. Mm-hmm. But it was all wrapped up beautifully. Right. I didn't, I didn't unwrap it. I just yeah. saw that it's a green shirt. Mm-hmm. That was a size too small for me. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'll just keep it in the gift closet in case I want to just give it to somebody at some point. Because it was like an expensive T-shirt. Sure. It was um, James Purse, oh. this expensive brand. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, three years later, I had it in my gift closet. And it was my friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just so happened. I so I gave her this. And uh, she opened it. 
and it has a the number 40 in in glitter or rhinestones on it. <laughs> I didn't know that. But here's the kicker. Mm. It was her older sister's birthday party and I didn't and I didn't remember that I had gotten the gift from her older sister oh. and then gave it to, she and she opened it and she's like, "Haha, that's funny." Like thinking I did it as a gag yeah. gift. Yeah. But I was like, "Oh shit. Oh <sighs> shit." I felt so bad. Did you roll with it and go, yeah, that's my choke gift. Your real gift is coming. No, <laughs> I literally choked and was oh, so God. embarrassed and I felt so shitty. And from that moment forward, I was like, never give a gift that you didn't buy that you can't return because that's embarrassing. But I felt justified for this one reason. Because? Because she gave my other best friend a gift and my friend took it to return it to the store and the lady at the store, we went there together, by the way, me and my friend. And the lady at the store said, oh, wow, this is from like a three years ago. Uh, but it still had a tag on it or something. And she scanned it. And she's like, I mean, I could give you a dollar for it. But like, and we were like, oh, my God, she did it to you. So wow. anyway. Vendetta. Yeah. but that's, Vendetta. But have you ever gotten a gift that you don't like that you can't return? Or do you ever return gifts or... Usually, no. I mean, I'm not really – I'm never I – can, I can kind of get the stuff that I like, and I don't have expensive taste, so – And also, friends, do they give you gifts, or they just the give you whiskey? Part, no. Sometimes whiskey or, or like a new book. I love getting a book by an author I've never heard of, and right. I get all excited. Uh, although I do – there was a running gag in, in our family while my mom's mom was still alive. Um, a really sweet woman, the worst gift giver on the planet and always done with the with the most wonderful intentions but her idea of a gift was she would get you something that was a huge bargain for her and part of the gift was her telling you how much money she didn't spend on it that you, so that in her mind the excitement was that you would go wow you got this for like a quarter that's gr-. so that she thought that was part of the excitement um and so she would she was a huge garage estate rummage sale person every weekend she would go out to and she had a gift closet. She would pile up stuff to give as gifts later, and it was always just insanely inappropriate, and had nothing to do with anything the person liked. But it was more about then she could sit and tell you the story of how she found this thing for no money, and that was the and was that was just, your gift, and that was the gift. Um, but the gift was ultimately for her that she got to sit and tell you a story, right? And she was so excited about that. So one year she got me. An autographed picture of Chuck Yeager, the test pilot. It was um, autographed to someone named David. <laughs> and but she was, but but the story was, it th- there was a box. It was a mystery box at a garage sale, and you pay a dollar and you get whatever's in the box. So we, there were we all tell these... that story as if you were um, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Why did I just forget his name? The funny guy in the middle. Oh, Richard Kind. Do tell, do it like. It. Well, okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna tell my grandmother stories if I'm Richard Kind. Okay, go. So I'm at a garage sale, <laughs> and they and they have a thing. It's called a mystery box, and and the box is sealed. You can't see what's inside of it. And for a dollar, you give the person a dollar, and you go home with the box. And I bring the box home, and there's all these items in it. There was some socks. There was a little lantern that was shaped like an owl. And at the bottom of the box, there was a picture of Chuck Yeager. And I know that you like. Um, your mother tells me that you love these movies called Star Wars, where they're up in space. And I don't know if you know this, but Chuck Yeager was a test pilot and was one of the people that helped get the Apollo astronaut thing going. So in a way, he's kind of a – he's sort of like a guy that's out in space. And it, and the picture is signed. 
And, and then I, I had to go, it. but it's it. signed to like someone named David. She goes, oh, don't worry about that. But that's still his name. What's important is that he signed it. It's Chuck Yeager. So that's this is a picture that he did sign. He signed it. And now you have it. And yeah, it, but that was her gift giving. She gave my uncle a shovel one time, a shovel. And it was this old, 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 really old shovel. She, she goes, there was a thing. We went to a, 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 a farm was, was closing and they were giving away all the equipment. And, and I was buying a couple of things. They had these wonderful little um, uh, shelves that I really liked that were cheap. And I saw this shovel and I go, how much for the shovel? And they went, oh, just take that. So I got this for free with these other things. And, and the shovel was so decrepit. And she's like, I think it's from like the 30s or 40s. You shouldn't use it. It's going to fall right apart. <laughs> But so she, it was this thing I gave – she was so excited to give our uncle a shovel that he cannot use, and she made it a point to go, and I didn't pay anything for it. And that, But that is supposed to be – and in a weird way, yes, these were, these were horrible gifts, but it became every year very delightful to wait for what is grandma – what is she going to give us? That is hilarious. It'll be so useless. But I have to be honest. If I gave my mom a present and I was like – and I was like, and I didn't pay anything for it. She'd be so proud of me. Really? Not proud of me, but she'd be like, that's awesome. Thank you for the gift. Because sometimes I'll give her a gift. She's like, oh, don't spend your money on me. Right, right, oh, right. Oh, just right. your presence is my present. Mm-hmm. Oh, just come over, blah, 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 blah. And um, I might get something for free. Like, for example, we were given uh, an amazing gift from mm-hmm. – um, the White Lotus, the TV show, The White Lotus. Oh yeah, and it was an amazing, brand new, incredible roll-on take. What are, what those? are those away bags? Suitcase. It's yeah. a suitcase that's a carry-on. Yeah, and they're really nice. And if I gave, I gave it to my dad for Hanukkah, <laughs> and he was super <laughs> into it. And my mom, I didn't give her it, but she would have said. Oh, this is nice. Right. Oh, don't spend your money. Um, Mom, it was free. We got, oh, even better. Like, it would make her so happy. Oh. She would actually like the gift better. Yeah, see, I, I'm of a, I remember um, uh, Ray Charles said this in an interview, and I've always remembered this because this is kind of how I live, is obviously I love to get people gifts for their birthdays for Christmas time, but I'm of a mind where some years when the holiday rolls around, you can't find the good gift. And I always have this gallery a list of people in my mind that I care about that I love and if some random time during the year I'm wandering around and I see the perfect thing I'm like I'm gonna get this and just give this to you right now and sometimes it happens to fall near their birthday or on a holiday but usually it doesn't so I'm just like um sometimes I'm not gonna give you something for your birthday or Christmas but I'm always on the lookout for you if I see something amazing I will grab it well actually that's so sweet because it just means you're not doing it out of obligation you're doing it because that person's on your mind and you and really I'm always care thinking about them. them yeah although this year in, in a weird way for some reason um every now and then a perfect gift will fall whenever you're listening to this this is after the fact but um uh one of my friends Michael Penn uh, and I are obsessed with uh the occult and World War II and I this book just came out about two guys who escaped from a German, a Nazi prisoner of war camp by creating a fake Ouija board and convincing their captors that the Ouija board was in connection, was in contact with the spirit world. And they used, they influenced, they tricked the guy into going, letting them out, will, letting these two guys out will lead me to some treasure or something. It's a whole con job they did. They conned their way out of a prisoner of war camp using a Ouija board on a Nazi. What? And which is so up 
I just, knowing Michael Penn, that is so up his alley. That's true? Yes, it's true. So not only did I get the book, but I kept this long review from the New York uh, Review of Books where I first read about the book that I'm going to put in the book that he can, because the review also goes into these whole great areas. So one of the few times when the perfect gift landed at the perfect time and I'm going to give it to him and I can't wait. I'm so excited. There's nothing better than giving the perfect gift to someone because... Oh, he's going to love it. Yeah. He's going to love it. Oh, here, this brings me to something else. Mm. So Alice and her friends Mm -hmm. uh, do this Secret Santa thing. Oh. And... They're so unorganized. I don't even know how they survive. But they all got something. And um, anyway, Alice puts, like, so much thought into it and super cares and, like, really knows her friend so well and um, did this whole thing for her. And the girl that she gave her stuff to had her also and gave her just a card. And Alice came home, like, I put so much thought into it. And she didn't. But then I got a text message the next day from her mom, the girl's mom. Mm-hmm. And she said, I can you help me? You know, my my daughter had so much on her mind and she feels so bad that Alice put such thought into her gift and it's the sweetest thing ever. And we really want to get something that Alice loves. And um, so anyway, I told her a bunch of ideas that she could do. But this poor girl felt so bad because Aww. she just was going through stuff with school and other things and she couldn't focus on the thing and then she felt terrible about it. Um, But you know when you go to someone's house and it's like during the holidays or something and they give you a present and you didn't have, you were like, I didn't think we were doing this. Oh Oh, shit. Oh God. I didn't know we were doing gifts. Oh my God. I don't have anything for you. And you feel like it's terrible. Oh yeah. I'd never, uh, yeah, that that always feels weird. And and I'm very, very sensitive to if someone gives me a gift, i got to give them a gift back. Like, I get really wound up about that. Yeah, it's hard. That's why you need an emergency gift closet, people. (laughs) Uh, We will be right back. Yeah. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really Hey, let's do some picks. We're back. Thank you. Um, I am so busy right now writing sometimes, uh, and this is a good thing, I'm so busy uploading into the ether that I can't download things from the ether. And that's good. It means I'm busy. It means I'm creating. What do you mean you can't download? Um, I don't have time to download. I'm using download as a metaphor for read a new book, take in a new oh, movie, sorry. listen to new music. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking yeah. like computer lingo. Yeah, but I'm well. I'm using it as a instead I get it, of downloading I got it. into the mainframe. Yes, I'm yes. uploading. So, I totally got it. I'm good to go. All right. Keep well, going. Uh, although I did get, I watched one movie. Uh, it was a movie from 2018 uh, by a director named Kathy Yan, and it is a Chinese film called Dead Pigs, and it is a sweet and kind of sad and really funny movie about gentrification. And how it affects this kind of group of different characters all living in the same city. And it's about what's really going on in China right now, which is there is such crazy rapid growth and modernization that, like with every big change, some people are being left behind. And it's about the people that are struggling not to be left behind and the other people that used to be kind of lower status that suddenly now they're at the top of the food chain because of new technology, because of social change. And it's very much like a Robert Altman film like Shortcuts where you're watching all these 
characters, none of whom seem connected until they suddenly all are. Um, and it's just a really great watch. And it's the movie that got – I'll give credit to um, uh, people like uh, Marvel and DC. They really tend to pick their directors from people that do weirder, riskier, smaller Yeah, like they movies. just had Chloe Zhao direct The Eternals and that was an amazing choice. Uh, they, they, gave the, they gave the ailing Thor franchise to Taika Waititi. That and was that an amazing really choice off. too. Who would have thought he'd be so great at a big blockbuster like that? He like was this is incredible. And Kathy Yan, this movie Dead Pigs, is what got her um, the um, Birds of Prey movie, the second Harley Quinn film. Um, the the Birds of Prey or the Emancipation of a Miss Harley Quinn and her her visual sense is incredible and if you can if you can seek her out what, definitely why check is, her why out. Why is the film called Dead Pigs? Uh, the, Dead or, Pigs. Or will you give something away by telling? No, it's well as all this stuff is happening, um, pigs are dying and are and and all the farmers are dumping them into a river <gasps> and they are bobbing to the surface. Is that a real thing? A metaphor. A thing that actually happened uh, at the time. Why are people doing? They're I, slicing off dolphins' fins and sharks' fins. No, no, these these pigs were dying from another disease. They couldn't figure out why they were dying. Oh, so they just and they were just dumping them in the river. Uh, and by and the then way, did it pollute the river? Um, yes. Oh. Uh, and by the way, the 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 director John Watts, who uh, directed um, Spider Man No Way Home, also came from uh, doing weird little. Uh, Music videos and and extremely fringy independent movies like Cop Car and Clown, and so it really again shows you that a lot of these when you watch smaller, um, grittier independent movies, that can be the launching pad to some really amazing. And honestly work down the and road. truthfully, John Watts directed two of the last Spider Man movies. He's done all three of them. Oh, all three. Yeah. And he is literally the greatest director of these films. They've never been more gripping and emotional and poignant and exciting and edge of your seat and good just good it really blew me away how he can tie up action scenes with emotion where you're thrilled with the action but because he lays in who these characters are you care about them emotionally and it makes the action even more richer because you care about every even more rich oh even more rich (laughs) uh thank you uh that everyone that's involved in the scene, you, even the villains, you understand their motivations, even though their motivations are wrong, and so you feel for them too, and it's it's astounding. But or uh, even richer, even or, more rich, or even richer, richerer, richerer, <laughs> not more richerer. But yeah, um, you know, take uh, take chances every now and then on a smaller quirkier film, you do not know where that filmmaker will lead you. I love that you know all these interesting, odd films, and I'm so grateful that you introduced me to them, number one, but telling everyone, because who knows how to find this stuff? Nobody, you've got a a very interesting brain, and you find really cool stuff, and I love your picks. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. Um, But that's my only pick this week, because guys, I'm creating new stuff for you. Yeah, it's not just watching and reading other people's stuff. He's creating stuff. I'm creating stuff. You are stuff. definitely creating. You could not be busier. Yeah. I've got two shows coming up for you people. Yeah, they're coming. All they're- right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll s- Well, you'll hear us. I always say I'll see you next week. I know. You'll hear us next week. Um, yeah, thanks for being such great listeners. And if you ever have a question for us or want to leave a voicemail for us on our speak pipe, just go to our website. 
Um, or send an email to heydidyougetmytext at gmail.com. And we will be back with you guys next Tuesday. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. 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 A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.